you have to expect to take action out of the information that you're learning. Otherwise, you're playing business, you're not doing business. On Valentine's Day, I thought I was having a heart attack. Not because I didn't have a date, but I didn't have a date. Are you going to get a but date with all that work in, Jerry? You know? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Th 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 those words mean a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm emotional, man. We've got hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Fonzie. Yeah, you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. So how do businesses and creators like us who did not cheat with hacks and tactics and don't want to be stuck in the content wheel of death? Yes. How do we build a modern media team and profit from our content? In this creator's economy, pre-filled templates and content calendars have become the solution for those that are not willing to put in the work and build a real business. Those that get rewarded are the ones that create and control their own process. That is right. And content can be either your biggest distraction or your biggest lever. Here, you learn to develop the systems to create consistently, build trust with your audience, and get the attention of those that are willing to give you money. Go to contentsprofit.com, join the community, come, come, come hang out. It's it's a fun place. Absolutely. Fun, place. fun fact, the other, the other day we were talking and we were like, dude, this intro is a little bit too long. We need to change it. I know it's. Uh, we we get them all the good. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know. But hey, before before that, it, there's version yeah. like point three of the show coming. Just so you know, mm, uh, it's gonna oh, be absolutely this amazing. Is the fun part. But today, what are we talking about, Fonzie? Yeah, today we're talking all about how to accelerate your business Ooh, growth. Baby, that Ooh. sounds like that. That sounds like that. And that sounds. We like that. We got the master of it today yes. here with us. Mm. He, he, I don't know. Some people call him the the Energizer Bunny. Of, the Energizer Bunny. I know. Of, uh, of he, business. It, behind scenes, <laughs> he told us how he why. It calls him. I don't know if we are allowed to say that on public, but that's okay. That's okay. Because, hey, do we have a sponsor today? Keep it short. Keep it short. Indeed we do. Thank Keep you. It short. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Today's sponsor is your own, The Biz Bros with Content Momentum. If you need a plug and play content team to help you multipurpose your content, slide in the DMs at Biz Bros Co on Facebook, hey, on Instagram. Me, what's the result of that? That is money. Let's go. <laughs> that's right. Guys, go ahead and follow on social media at Biz Bros Co and on your favorite podcasting platform. Yeah, so good. <laughs> your, turn, right. your turn. Go and ahead. if today's guest help you get one step closer to your goal, please don't forget to share it and mm. leave a five-star review. Thank you. Today we're bringing back one of the OG guests of content is Prophet, our good friend and mentor. He first came on on episode 27. Can you believe it, Fonzie? 27. 205, just for reference in there right now. And now it's back to blow your socks away one more time. Let's go. That is right. Today's guest will help you accelerate your business with fewer headaches. And he will probably drop some of the best hashtag golden boulders this show has ever seen. Mm. So... You better put on your helmet right now. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. He also has been in franchise 500 twice, Inc. Fastest Growing Private Companies twice, Business Journal Fast 53 times, Business Journal's Ultimate CEO. That's that's a cool title to have. Yeah, Business Journal's 40 Under 40, Trend Magazine, Best Place to Work, and to top it off, Content is Profit, Hall of Favor. Oh, Let's yeah. go. That's definitely the best one. Yes, that is the yes. best And I mean, I mean, we can tell today's guest is definitely an overachiever, but that is how we love it. Let's go. I'm so pumped up. Please welcome CEO of Proven Chaos, mentor and friend, and your next business coach, Jerry McNamara. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. What's Thanks, up? guys. <laughs> Woo. Hey, how, how, 
How awesome you know, was that conference to episode 27? Just going to put it listen, out there. All right. So I want to be on the real Hall of Fame, which I want to be <laughs> ahead of George Bryant. I know he's been on three times. I know Pablo's been on twice. And Catherine Jones has been on twice. So hey. I'm going to pester you guys until I catch George. <laughs> and then I'm going to I'm gonna surpass him. Yeah. But uh, special, serious. Yeah, Game it, on now. Let's so, do it. I love it. Uh, special editions, by the way. So we can, you know, we'll, we'll do the, the CEO bundle, you know. And then for <laughs> our awesome bundle. listeners. So if you're interested in the CEO bundle, send us a quick DM. Be like, I'm interested in the CEO bundle. Uh, and we'll, let, we'll, we'll consider bringing Jerry on a third and maybe a fourth time for that bundle. I'm just saying. No, Jerry, you're, the doors are obviously are always welcome. You know that you have a special. The doors are always welcome. Uh, oh, open, open, you, open. You know, I, Is that I, it? I love you guys, and we have a we have a mutual friend. And and I was saying to them, I said, could you imagine Luis and Luis at 21 at a bar and the shtick that they would have at a bar trying to pick up women? I just think that would be hysterical to watch. I wish I could be the fly on the wall back. We should have done a day. yeah. We should have done a, a a reality show back then. You know, I mean, it was so good that I that, <laughs> like my my wife. I met him when I was twenty one. So I'm just saying that it was that good, Jerry. It was that good. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. Shut I'm up. Just saying, <laughs> Fancy? No. Uh, uh, what do you have to say? I mean, I'm just, I'm just there for the dance moves, Jerry. You know, that's that's all I'm there for. And the beard, the pretty face, uh, the pretty face, and the beard. Yeah, that is right, Jerry. Thank you so much for coming today. I'm very Guys, excited. Thank you so much for the um, um, kind words and the introduction. I always said my mom gave me my best introduction, uh, and since she's not here anymore, thank you so much to give me those kind words. So thank you. Absolutely, man. We we are like your number one fans. I'm not kidding. Um, and hopefully we're your number one friends too, all right? All right? Amen. <laughs> Get me to number four. Get me to episode four and we'll talk. That's right, baby. That's Jerry, right. He's going to start calling you Mr. McNamara. You know, when, when you know, <laughs> we, we've talked about this, right? Hey, hey, okay, let this be a lesson for publishing, right? Like uh, a lot of what we talk here on the show is like, you know, obviously we bring a guest, but we want to be having a discussion, right? We don't want to, you know, we don't want to be like under them or like, and so on. And there's different ways that we can do that. If you're interested in knowing those ways, let us know. But there's been a few guests like, you know, Mr. McNamara over here and you know, some <laughs> others that are... Uh, oh, wait, Mr. Mr. McNamara <laughs> is in West Virginia with my brother celebrating yeah. his birthday yesterday. And so... You're, uh, Mr. You're Mr. J. Mac. Mr. J. Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it, it was funny. I think like the first experience was with Todd Brown and Fonzie yeah. goes like, Mr. Brown. Yes, of course. And then my next one, Mr. Brown. I said, Mr. Uh, Todd, uh, Mr. <laughs> Todd, not Mr. Brown. Ah, it, yeah. it wasn't a first name basis. I know. But, you know, it can be intimidating sometimes when you get these big people, big entrepreneurs just like Jerry <laughs> right, right Mr. here. Mr. McNamara. Right? <laughs> I, I get the sweaty pits sometimes, you know, but I, I have now from episode 27 we have a few bonus episodes there so i would say i have over 200 episodes of experience no more sweaty pits jerry and i'm ready to take on the golden boulders that you're about to share today well you, you know to to that point fonzie before we go on <laughs> first of all i i love what you guys do i so appreciate um your help and your guidance as i've gone on my journey and i think we talked about this in 27 you know i don't believe in levels of people or corporations You know, we're all just people. We're all loving people, learning. Uh, we've all lost something. We've all hated something. And so for me, it's all about being human and loving your people. And so when you do that, um, so many things just fall right into place. And so I, I always say that everyone that knows me well knows love. Love is my first value. And I always say love your people and treat them as whole people. So there are no levels in life. 
I love that. And I think this is like a perfect segue for the topic number one. Pen, 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 topic number one. We have like we have like a whole new show here today. No, but actually, Jerry, uh, yesterday I was listening to this audio clip from Ben Settle. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's like a pretty big. I've heard that name. I don't know. He's like a huge email marketer, but that, okay. and that's all he does. He's been doing it for like decades, right? Um, and he was talking so hold about. On, hold on, hold on. So, Fonzie, yeah. you're saying he's very, very focused and very, very successful. Have you ever heard me say that to you? Yes, absolutely. Many, many times. I, I knew this was going to be a, a coaching session for us. And we, <laughs> we just wanted to go re record that. Hey, full disclosure, by the way, we've been working with Jerry for mm -hmm. a few months now. And like the the clarity that has come through that, at least on my side, I don't know, Fonzie. Fonzie sometimes <laughs> gets a little confused. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it has been incredible. Uh, and we're super fortunate to, to share that journey with you guys as, as we move along today. So I just want to mention that out there because if you see those internal jokes, that's because of that. So come join mm -hmm. in our awesome group together. Jerry actually has open hours, office, you know, open office hours where anybody can come in and ask yeah. any questions. So we highly recommend that. We're going to leave all the links right below. So I just wanted to plug that at the beginning of it because what's about to happen, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I need <laughs> to be there in all those uh, office hours. Yeah, they're absolutely amazing and they have a bunch of great entrepreneurs in there. But back to the topic, <laughs> So, topic one. Go ahead. Reset. Reset. So he was talking about email marketing and he was saying, like, you know, with this new uh, iOS update, people are all concerned with their emails, deliverability, uh, open rates. And he's like, dude, none of that matter. He's like, none of that matter. Because you're not trying to sell the click. You are selling their relationship, right? Yes. And you said people don't Say louder, have, say louder. People say don't louder, have levels, it. right? We are all just people. And I think that translates into marketing oof, so well because like he mentioned, right? We are here to sell their relationship, right? And I think when people start falling into the tactics and hacks and all that stuff, yes, there's strategy. But I think if we can base around how can we connect right person to a personal level with the person that we're trying to help that is just gonna you know accelerate or business growth huh interesting right so i'm curious jerry right because you are extremely good at building those relationships with people i mean i've noticed it uh obviously with us but at the same time i've been to your office hours a few times i'm not gonna lie i wish i i i I've been more, not gonna lie, but uh, I'm throwing myself under the bus right here. <laughs> but, but you know, you, I can tell everybody in there not only respects you, but like you said, they love you too. And they love the whole community that you've built. And it's incredible to see how everybody's cooperating with each other. So what are some of the elements to sell these relationships, to build these strong relationships with the, per the people that you're trying to help? Yeah, it's a great question. So I look at every relationship that you go through, there's, there's what I call the arc. And the arc has three parts. Likeable, right? So what's the energy that this person is putting out when they pick up the phone or they get on a Zoom call in today's um, day and age? You know, what's the energy? Do they, are they the sad sack or are they putting the positive energy where you're like, wow, that, that person's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The second piece of it is relatable. Do you mm -hmm. look and say, huh, I can relate to this person. I can see myself having lunch or dinner with them and talking about things outside of whatever it is that the topic might be. 
And the third is, you know, the payoff and it's competent. Yeah. So you have to be likable, relatable, and competent. And competence is just simply, does this person actually know what they're talking about? Mm. And I don't care if this is a customer relationship. I don't care if this is a personal relationship. I don't care if this is a business relationship. Every person goes through the same exact arc. If you're interviewing for a job, mm. when you show up, are you looking the part? Do you give the right energy? Do you connect with the person? And then you get the chance to demonstrate your ability to add value to them as a person, as a company, whatever it may be. Every relationship traces that same arc, likable, relatable, competent. And so, you know, you guys and I, we've had this conversation a number of times. The more secure, secure you are in who you are and how you want to show up in life, or in my, my place, you know, with my leaders, how do I want to show up for my people? The better you will be and the more effective you will be in building those relationships so that you're able to create outcomes and impact that make a difference. Mm, I love it. I love it. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Likeable, relatable, and competence, right? So yes. I'm curious, have you had any... Do you have any stories from both sides of the spectrum, right? Like to illustrate with examples, right? What would a person that have this, all three elements of the arc, and then one person that maybe don't come across and what to do's and not to do's in here. So people that are listening are like, okay, maybe I relate to this. Maybe I can improve on my relatability, right? For example, mm -hmm. or on my competence, right? I feel like sometimes maybe uh, imposter syndrome, right? Comes from not feeling too competent about what you're talking about, even though you could be very experienced in it and, and actually know your thing, right? You can come across as not that competent because you're feeling, you know, that imposter syndrome, for example. Yep, um, a great question. So the fir first example I have is I used to run a soccer retail company and one of our store owners, Um, the name of the company was Soccer Post, and he would answer the phone, even though he was the owner, he was super passionate about what he did, but he didn't think about how he showed up. And so someone calls you, that's your tentacle to the outside world, and he would literally answer, hello, oh, Soccer Post. <laughs> and it's like, who in their right mind is showing up at that store? There is no law of attraction to bring someone in in that. And so we had to constantly remind that store owner, remember, someone's calling you because they have a need. Yes. And if you are not excited and positive, then you are not putting out the energy where someone goes, that's where I want to go. Yeah. No, instead, they're going to go up the street to Dick's or some other competitor because you haven't done the work to say, oh, that person's likable. Like, I, I want to give them a shot. Um, I think one of the greatest examples Um, is my friend Matt Foxhall. And so shows up every single time with tremendous energy. He has that law of uh, attraction. Yeah. Matt has uh, this, this thing that he has chased for many years, 101 life goals. Mm. So when you talk about relatable, I mean, this is a guy that is chasing intentionally every year, 101 life goals. Wow. And it's like, Tell me more. I want to know more about hella skiing, jumping out of a helicopter and skiing down a hill. Wow. That's flipping cool, right? Yeah. And yeah. so there's an opportunity because of the epic nature of the way in which he lives his life in an intentional way. 
Yeah. You just want to be around him. You want to know more. And then he's very successful. Yeah. And so he has a level of competence that he is that he has risen to in his career that just connects that arc. He mm. is not only a tremendous business person, he's a tremendous friend. And uh, he's one that I think nails all three of that arc, likable, relatable, competent. Yeah. Mm. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I I remember one of the first times that I that I met you or maybe interacted with you. You know that it was a few years back, and uh, you know I was running a fitness studio. And you were a member in that fitness studio, and I remember you coming in for the 5 a.m. class or the 6 a.m. class, like early morning, and it was like this massive ball of energy, like crossed the the, the glass doors, right? And you had these members waiting for the class. I just woken up, they're just sitting in there in quiet. Sometimes <laughs> we had this music, you know, I, I love to have loud music, especially in the morning to kind of, you know, get the thing moving, right? So I, I always did my best to to do that. I remember one day you're walking out and you're like, and I go like, hey, Jerry, have a good day. And you just stopped, right? And you turn around, you're like, not good great have an amazing day right and then you walked out and to me like that was such a like th that just has lasted that impression for like he, ca he came back home and he was like when i grow up i want to be like have a great day and you have a great day and let's yeah, yeah. go and, and that really helped me because every time i personally you know feel down especially right when when we have to put out the energy to god and, and publish right because you know we have to throw that energy through the camera, through the phone, through whatever that we're doing, right? Depends obviously on what we're talking about, but at the end of the day, we need to do that. And I think one of the things that differenti differentiates this show, wow, that, that word. That's a, that's a big word, right? Big there. word for, 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 for Luisa. <laughs> There's no Venezuelan comparison. No Venezuelan comparison <laughs> at all. Uh, it's that people are like, I love your energy, guys. Like I am hooked, right? And we've used that as a hook for the show and the, and the people that come on and the people that invite us to speak somewhere else. So I want to say yeah. thank you for that. But also, how can people... Wait, wait, before you ask that question, before you ask that question, I'm going to chime in here real quick. Damn, Fun bro. fact about what you just said about the energy is I had an, an earlier call today, a shameless plug. We are developing a partnership program. Hey, so if you want to be a Beast Bros partner, let us know and we'll give you all the details. But, you know, we're developing this so you can make a lot of money too and we can all win in this. But I had a, one of those calls, right, sharing about the partnership program. And I told the guy at first, it's like, okay, well, when you answer to this post, What do you think of? What What is your expectation? And his answer was, honestly, nothing. I just love your energies. <laughs> I, I love your ideas. Energies, I, plural? Energies, yeah, both of us. Oh, oh wow, yeah. two energies. And, and he's go. like, and I, and I, and I, I want to be, you know, involved in whatever you guys are going to do. And I was like, thank you. That is such an, a, a great compliment, honestly. Um, so that was the little parentheses I wanted to make. Now you can go ahead and ask a question. Thank you, Fonsi. Okay, Jerry, to you. So how, like... It, it is pretty challenging, right? When we start like communicating, like whether that's in front of your, you know, board of directors, whether that's your employees, whether that's your audience when publishing, right? And and in some sort, you've you've tackled this journey as well on publishing, you know, uh, at some point. But you're also communicating with a lot of stuff throughout your career. So how does somebody uh, taps into that energy that that can portray to to that audience, that person that's listening to you, so you can create that trust, right? And eventually, right create that transaction, whether that's paying attention, a results, you know, a sell, whatever that is, the next step. How do we control that and be become aware that we need to control that and how do we how do we execute on it? Yeah, great, great question. Thank you. So um, I'm a big believer 
that just by virtue of living, we're going to make an impact on the world. And so my big belief is why not make it a conscious, intentional one? I think I'm only going to be here once. And so I want to try and live my life on my terms and support and love the people around me in ways that help them unlock their very best self to go and conquer whatever goals that they want to go do. So for me, the way in which that starts is um, I try and live a life of intention. It starts with my values. I am very, very clear on my values. My values are my operating system. It's every day how I try and live my life. There are times that I fail miserably. Let me raise my hand. You know, I am 100% fallible. But by virtue of having my, my uh, values very clear in my mind, it gets me closer to living a life of intention that is closer to the person that I aspire to be. So I'm constantly chasing that person. And so um, I try and connect my values to my intentions. So every morning, you know, the first intention that I that I share with myself, because I say them out loud every day, is that I will add an insane amount of joy to the world today. And what happens is I train my mind to continue to scan the landscape of life every opportunity and every time mm -hmm. to add joy to the world. You guys know this. I've shared this with you before. I, I tell Brooklyn and Briggs, my two kids, every single day when I leave them, be kind, be sweet, and add joy to the world. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the most important thing that I can do to try and instill that positive mindset in them because that's allowing them to go conquer the world the way that they want to go do. Yeah. And so... I work really hard on my morning routine. I try and uh, meditate. I try and work out. I try and read. I try and write. All of those things that prime my mind for performance. Because if you win the mind, you win the day. Yes. And so I make a conscious choice that I am going to bring an insane amount of positive, um, uh, just a positive mindset into everything that I'm doing. I mean, one of my intentions is I will I will be I will live a world where I'm so positive that people will actually think I'm on drugs. Right? <laughs> uh, and I, so we're gonna be honest. I I kind of consider that just say, like that, that was a thought that came into mind. And you know, some of those members around that they were like, "Hey, is, is he okay?" And we're like, "Yeah, absolutely." It's like he's he's rubbing off on me, and they're like, "Get away!" <laughs> but no, I love it. But 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 Luis, you know, to your point, I just posted about this. You know, you talk about um, content, content generation, and sharing your thoughts. Is at some point in time, someone told you to have a good day, then someone else did, then someone else did, then someone else did. And then you just decided that was, that was okay. That's what I'm supposed to be pursuing in life. And I think that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have good days. I'm only going to be here once. So I'm choosing to have great days. And so I try and put people out of their default state by saying, why do you only want me to have a good day? I thought we were friends. I thought, I thought you liked me. Yes. Don't tell me to have a good day and try and settle for what life is trying to hand, hand you. You want to go out and have a great day. You have to go do the work to do it. But yeah. the work is, willing, is, is worth doing to go achieve a level of success um, that you're worthy of. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm curious, Jerry. Were you always this disciplined? And, you know, what, when did the thought of, okay, I need to have my values, my intentions, stick with them, live with them. When did that happen to you, right? Because 
obviously not everybody is just born with that like we have experiences throughout our life that teaches things to us and one of those things is like okay well i need to evolve right um i think i don't remember who said this but it's like the mind that created a problem cannot be the same mind that solves that problem right so we need to be constantly evolving and obviously yeah. you know i mean we saw your uh, uh, accolades right here all the things that you've that you've managed to do throughout your career but i'm sure like it wasn't like that from from the beginning right or maybe it was you know maybe I, i'm wrong but I, i'm curious how did you start developing uh this discipline the values all these things and now you're sharing with everybody and teaching them Um, so I think it's really two pieces. One is my mom uh, growing up used to say to us, um, smile and the world smiles with you, cry, cry alone. Mm. And so uh, it was that whole notion that you have a choice. You have agency over your life and your decisions and your approach. And so I've articulated that in the in the book that I've been trying to write for quite some time. Don't tell my wife because she'll ask me where it is. <laughs> Rachel, I promise it's on the way. Um, it's made but, public now and content is profit, you know, so it is going to happen. <laughs> it is it's done. That's right. It's almost done. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the way in which I say that in the book is um, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude and your approach. Mm. So that was one thing that was very important in guiding me. And the second piece, um, Fonzie, is I've always loved to lead. I don't know what it is inside of me, but I always love having um, people in my care. And I've, I've taken that very seriously. Um, I don't know what that is inside of me, but I've always taken it seriously. My senior year in high school, I, my, my senior thesis topic was what is success? And so this is something that I have always been interested in. How do you create success in your life? What does it look like? How does it happen? And I've been lucky that I've been a lifelong learner. You know, when I think about why organizations um, succeed over the long term, You know, at the very outside of the business acceleration model is learning, is curiosity, because companies that invite people into their organization that are high learners, that are highly curious, solve problems differently than other organizations. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I believe that it is a differentiator. It's a game changer. You should be consciously inviting people into your organization that are reading, watching TED Talks, listening to podcasts, whatever those things are. Because if we're trying to solve today's problems with yesterday's thinking, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. Right? I, I saw some, some ridiculous statistic that was um, 80% of people, once they leave high school, never read another book. How many? And I think that's like 80%. Wow. Never, they never read another book. I don't, I don't remember where that statistic was, so don't quote me on it. But it was something ridiculous like yeah. that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I look and, you know, I guess it was three or four years ago. I read 63 books in one year. Wow. Because I love to read, I love to learn, and I'm trying to assimilate information into a framework that can help people. Yes. Yeah. And so for me, you know, where, where did that come from? I think it's really those two places. My mom's very uh, conscious intention to tell her kids that you have a choice in your life. It's up to you. You want to cry? Cry. Yeah. You want to smile? Smile. But you're going to get the output of that people are going to be around you 
And if you're the crier, you're going to get whiners around you. Yeah. If you're the sunshine, you're going to have sunshine around you. Yeah. It's your choice. It's your choice. Absolutely. So, you know, talking about curiosity and learning, I think that's a topic that we're familiar with, right? Uh, we, we talk a lot about it when, when we jump on our calls. And, you know, lately you've been telling me like, hey, I know you're, you know, a high learner. You love learning things, which I do. I absolutely love just co consuming <laughs> stuff, right? And that is in part why I created the challenge, the one-to-one -one challenge, right? Which was uh, consume and create at the same ratio, which uh, I got to admit it. How'd that I, work out I, for you? I've been failing. I've been failing at it. So I need to hey, to retake it. Be, be, before, before, we're going to be super transparent here. Right? The other yeah. day, if I remember the, the call, right? And you challenged Fonzie to be like, hey. For the next 30 days, right, you cannot consume content, right? There's this task that we got to do, and we got to move forward, right? So come home, and I'm like, oh, man, when I heard that, I was so excited, right? Because <laughs> this has been a topic of conversation, right? And and this is, you know, on my side, I'm probably completely opposite of Fancy, right? Like, I consume intensely, like, if, if I'm there, and then I get I get very distracted, right? Because I'm like, opportunity, 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 right? So for me, it has been, like, that that focus, okay, let's, let's go back to this, and then trying to figure out like those frameworks how can we apply them into the thing that we're doing right um i mean i just want to add this out there so people don't misinterpret what's happening right now I don't, I, I, I don't sit down like a like a vegetable in front of the computer <laughs> exactly. and consume and, and just like yeah. stare at the screen like I love reading and stuff. And, I, and honestly, I'm like taking notes, thinking, how can yeah. I apply this? And one of the downsides of that is that in my mind, it creates a lot of opportunities, right? I'm like, oh, I can do this or I can do that. or yeah. And it loses focus, right? Which you mentioned at the beginning, right? When we mentioned Ben Settle, oh, one expertise, one focus, right? Like yeah. he's been doing it for decades. So... When we were in that conversation, what my brother was mentioning, you said you cannot consume, you need to focus on this task, right? So mm -hmm. action. Mm -hmm. So for those listening right now, for the person that is like, okay, I love learning, um, but at this point of my business, I see so many things that I could do. How would you tell them to, you know, I mean, besides, hey, focus on one <laughs> thing and do it. What is the difference between, you know, curiosity an action, what balance it is. Because I know it gets to a point where you get to grow your business and maybe you can surround yourself with the right talent that is taking action and you can be that learner and, and, and the visionary, all those things. Yeah. But when it's not that many people in your team, you got to take action, yeah. right? So how do we manage that curiosity? Full disclosure, it's both of us, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, for those listening, like, it, it, we're not perfect, like, and we've been in this journey and we've learned and we're Talk moving for yourself. I mean, you do, have a, you do have a perfect beard and voice. I cannot deny that. But, but again, like, I, and I'm sure, like, everybody listening that has been in this journey, this is happening 100%, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And we talked about the different levels that this happened. So yeah. closing parenthesis, so, all you, Jerry. So... So I say this all the time. The biggest business sin is information without action. And so a guy that I used to work with, Dr. Kyle Exhorn, um, a former surgeon who became CEO, incredibly, uh, maybe the most impressive guy I've ever met. Um, I love Dr. Kyle. And, you know, as a new CEO, he was asking for all of these reports to come out of, you know, his analytics department because he wanted to know this, he wanted to know that, he wanted to know this. And, you know, when I shared with him, information without action is the business big, biggest business sin because you're just wasting people's time, right? And 
the question that I gave him was, what action do you expect to take out of gathering this information? And so what I find with high learners, myself included, full disclosure, I am a high learner, right? Mm. And so at some point in time, you have to expect to take action out of the information that you're learning. Otherwise, you're playing business, you're not doing business. Yeah. That's a critical distinction. We've had this conversation before, yeah. right? We're playing business, we're not doing business. And so one of the really critical things when I look at all of the high achievers that I've had the, the opportunity to work with, work alongside, they take action differently than people who do not succeed. And so there is a willingness that I don't have all of the information but I have enough information to act and to go make some type of impact. Yeah. And what I find is, like you said, um, Fonzie, you keep on reading and finding this new methodology and we're going to change this tool and we're going to go redirect this way. And the reality of it is um, you just need to go do the work. And so when um, the pursuit of information and learning no longer serves you or is getting in the way of creating all of these, you know, the SOSs, the shiny object syndrome. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go chase this. I'm going to go chase that. I'm going to go chase this. Then it's no longer serving you. Yep. And so when I see that inside people that I work with, I ask them, please, for the next 30 days, I just want you to take action as opposed to continuing on the hamster wheel and learning and learning and learning and learning because by the time that I talk to you next, you're going to have seven new ideas, seven more things that we can do. And at the end of the day, we will not have gained any traction on the objectives that we've set forth that we need to go accomplish to make the business successful. Yeah. And so, you know, I just ran a strategic plan this week for uh, seal shield. One of my clients, I love hanging out with those guys. They're so smart. Um, so they're so fun. They're so fun to be a part of, and they're making such an impact. I love being with them. But I say this all the time because it's a very highly entrepreneurial environment. It's very sales driven. And so I, I have to remind them a fox chasing two rabbits catches none. Mm-hmm. And so you have to pick the bets that you're going to make. And when I look at the course of my career and any success that I've had, it's because I'm willing to focus in on fewer things and make bigger bets. And that scares some people because it's like, oh, I want to have all of these opportunities available to me. And the answer is you can't do it all. I can love all the opportunities. I can't do them all. I have to say, here are the three or four things that I'm going to be great at. I'm going to put all my time, energy, and attention into those three or four things to make the impact. That doesn't mean that I'm saying no to those It just means that I'm going to have the discipline to go chase the three or four and truly make the impact on the business. Yeah. So it really comes back to um, you just have to be in a space to execute, 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 take action, iterate, test. If it doesn't work, try again. It's just forward momentum, constant forward momentum. Absolutely. Um, I love this guys. Just go back a few minutes. I don't know what minute exactly we started this, but I'm going to say five minutes ago and re-listen to this part minute 30 and then go and take action, obviously. But this is something that just came to mind as you, as you were sharing Jerry, uh, about 
five episodes ago, actually, episode 200 with Jason Duncan. He was talking about stress, right? And how obviously stress is like one of the main killers of entrepreneurs. And he talked about how you can pretty much get rid of that stress, right? Open cycles. And I started, I started thinking as soon as I read about it on his website, even before he jumped on the show, I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. Like when I feel a lot of stress, I have a lot of open cycles, a lot of unfinished tasks, right? And now with you, I'm thinking, when do I start those tasks? And it, a lot of the times is when I am, you know, curiosity driven and I'm learning about things. I'm like, oh, we should do this. And I put it on my to-do list, right? <laughs> do this, right? With a, a bunch of maybe things to measure. And then I keep reading and not another idea pops up. Oh, let me add it to my to-do list. Let me do this, right? And it gets to a point where now you have so many things to do that you end up doing none, right? And it's difficult to focus on the important ones. So I wrote down here, it's like, what is the downside of ideas? Is it stress? Maybe, right? But maybe you're stressing yourself without knowing it because you're opening so many of these cycles and then it's going to take such a massive effort to close these cycles that you're going to be losing focus in your business and you're you know, derailing yourself and maybe not accomplishing the objectives that you want. So I appreciate you sharing that because it was kind of like an epiphany, epiphany moment, gong moment <laughs> right there. I told you guys you should have brought your helmets. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm curious, right? How, how do you see stress, right? I'm going to be honest. Since I met you, I don't think I've seen... Maybe I've, I've seen you like a few... I stress out like a few times and it's maybe because you have to spend like an hour or two <laughs> in in a line to pick up your kids from school. But, you know, like <laughs> business wise, you are, you know, like a smooth operator. My brother loves that word. So smooth operator. How, how do we in, in, in your point of view, right? Maybe what is that relationship between ideas and stress and how, you know, you you stayed focused? So I think the clearer you are on your vision and your values and you can create alignment with your actions, once you have that alignment, you create fulfillment. Mm. And to me, that is the highest, greatest purpose of life. So when I am clear on my vision, the impact that I want to go make on the world, I'm clear on my operating systems, what I celebrate, what I don't tolerate, mm. and my actions are in alignment that I am pursuing my vision in accordance with my values. I'm on the right road. I have the right guardrails in place, my values, then you become unstoppable. Yeah. And so the question is, there's, there's, I mean, there are bad ideas. I'm not going to say there's not bad yeah. ideas, but really you have to look and be disciplined to say, does this idea, does this objective roll up to support me to be the very best person that I want to go become to make the impact on the world that I want to uh, make? And so I've said this a million times, I've made more money in my career saying no than I have saying yes. Mm. And that's because I am so disciplined to say, here's where I'm going and here's how I'm going to get there. Let me give you an example. I had a soccer retail company. We sold soccer jerseys all across the United States, sometimes into the Caribbean. And, you know, it included a jersey, short socks, fully customized. We sent it factory direct right to the consumer. And uh, my sock supplier came to me and said, man, 
you could sell all of my crazy funky socks and I have a, I have another uh, business that's doing six figures in just socks. I'd love to do that with you because I like you more and I trust you more. And uh, why don't we do that? And I thought for a while and I was very flattered that he came to me with that opportunity. Yeah. But I knew that every time the phone rang, it was $500 on the other end of that line. And we had 40% margins, which meant I made $200 every time the phone rang. That was the business that I was in. Yeah. I was not in the business of selling $10 socks that when someone didn't like them and wanted to send them back because they didn't fit right or they weren't exactly the color that they thought they might be, I didn't want to be processing $10 socks. Yeah. I didn't have the infrastructure set up for it. Mm-hmm. And so I turned down a six-figure opportunity to sell socks because it didn't fit into my business model. Yeah. The, my vendor, he was super kind, but he thought I was crazy. Yeah. And I said, I have to stay disciplined in what makes my business work. What makes my business work is that every time my phone rings, I make $200. I, love it. I don't want to make $5 every time my phone rings. Yeah. And so I stay disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before before you continue asking this smart questions, I want to make a comment on the stress side of things, right? Because like I, I you know, I, I've been through some stressful times in my life, uh, and uh, I remember going through it like, man, like, am I actually always gonna feel this way when I'm tackling these new these new problems and new things, right? And and to me, a big word in the last couple of years has been perspective, right? Like, how how do we change the perspective in different things? You know, we talk about it when we launch the show. And uh, I remember, I can't, I've been trying to remember who said this, but um, it's stress is an indicator that something is, mm-hmm. is, that something is there, right? So we have to reverse engineer and think, okay, why am I feeling this way, right? Like if stress is an indicator, I need to find out what is causing that. And then once you identify it, then you can take action on that item, right? Like, and, you know, recently we've shared about open cycles and different things. And my personal example was when we move into the new house, right? I was expected from my wife to build some furniture and move different things that were here. And the first weekend, right, I, I didn't do it. I was like, man, like, I'm just, I don't want to do this, right? Like, I can do it next week. But throughout that week of, of, of working, I was very unproductive, right? Because I kept going back. And then at night, Katie was like, why is this not done? And I'm like, well, because I'm going to do it next weekend. But there was there, right? And it was causing stress, right? And this that was a very small example. But for business, it's the same thing, right? These, these things happen. And when we don't identify, don't take action, so the next weekend, once I did, I was like, everything cleared up and we can move forward because I identified the problem and took action against it, right? So, you know, we've we've talked about this, like, on sales, on different things. Okay, what are the indicators that are causing this? And as we're revisiting this conversation in my head, I'm like, hmm, I stayed away from that, right? Because there's different, the, the staying away from identifying what that indicator is telling me every single time. And that's what's causing all that buildup. So, you know, wrapping it up with what Fonzie was saying, what you're saying, I think this th- those are very incredible tools because by identifying that problem and, it, and then if we need to say no, right, because we have to stay focused with what we do with our values, with our thing, then we remove that open cycle and then we're, we're back fresh into what we really need to do. So I, I, I love this conversation because it allowed me to to revisit, right? A, a few things, right? That maybe I lost a little bit of sight in uh, sight in the last few months, right? So thank you, Jerry, for, for sharing that experience. All right, Fonzie, yeah. no, ball, ball back to you. I was just going to share with, with your comment that, you know, I heard it from 
Mr. Capitalism himself, Jeff Bezos. Uh, he was, he's, I heard him say this one in an interview, stress comes from not taking action on something you had control over. Right? And sometimes when we say yes to many things, we're putting too many things on our plate. And even, even though we have control over those, over those things, now we're just like overwhelmed and we're not doing them and then yeah. causing stress. And I feel like that's just a circle because then you're like, okay, how can I get rid of these things? And then you put more activities on your plate to get rid of those things <laughs> and it, it, it becomes a, a total mess over there. Um, Guys, I think, I think I've shared this story with you. Let's talk about stress just for half a second because yeah. um, it is a real thing, right? I, I work with multiple CEOs. It is a real thing. Um, when I was 26, we were running a company. That company had gone from 5.9 million to 15 million in 18 months. So high growth. The way I used to explain that is every day I used to come in and wrap my lips around a fire hydrant and someone would turn the fire hydrant on full blast. We're raising venture capital, um, traveling around the country, opening stores. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm. Uh, I would work hundred hour weeks on a regular basis. Uh, it used to be a badge of honor for me to send emails at three o'clock in the morning or to sleep on a couch that was outside of my office and people would come in the next day and they would say, you were in the same clothes as yesterday. Yeah, I was big. It was big night. You know, I had to get all the work done. Mm. And, um, on Valentine's day, I thought I was having a heart attack, not because I didn't have a date, but I didn't have a date. Um, are you going to get a day with all that working, Jerry? You know, <laughs> I remember, um, I remember having electrodes on my chest and I was literally looking up to the ceiling on the hospital gurney, thinking to myself, what have you done? What did you do to yourself? And so, um, yeah, I mean, stress is a real thing. It was a result of trying to do too much, not building a team around me, not giving up um, uh, things that were clearly in my control that I could have handed off to other people who were certainly capable to do. And that was the tax that I paid. I paid the tax with my health. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness it wasn't my heart. It was just my stress. But my blood pressure was beyond through the roof. And um, th those can be the end results. And, you know, it's, it's part of you know, the nine principles of personal performance, which is, the, you know, the book about um, personal performance, which is the foundation of life is health. And your health is your diet, your exercise, and your sleep. And so if you are taking on so much stress, I certainly cannot be effective from a hospital gurney in a hospital. Yeah. And so when you start to think about those things, you say, what am I doing to myself? To what end? These things are not serving me. I can't serve my people. I can't serve my customers. Yeah. And so therefore I have to reset. And so, um, again, stress is a, is a big deal. It's a yeah. real deal. And if you're feeling it, especially in COVID, I have a number of people that I work with that are all facing um, significant burnout, right? We made it, we made it through a pandemic. We, our business is still, is still running. Right. And now we're bringing people back to work. Maybe we're not bringing them back to work. The Delta variant. I had a conversation with a client earlier today. One of their employees um, who is unvaccinated is in the ICU on a ventilator and not doing well. Wow. And so these are very specific, stressful things that we are facing as leaders. Yeah. And so we have to be very mindful 
about um, making sure that we take care of the stress uh, that's on us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sure. And I think that's a, a great reminder right there. And, you know, something that I keep listening that it kind of has been mentioned a little bit is simplify, right? I mean, moving on from stress to the business uh, per se, specifically, I hear simplify, stay in your lane, focus, right? And I know that's obviously a lot of what you talk, a lot of what we talk on the calls. I'm going to say like every time we jump on the call, you're just making sure I'm, I'm staying focused. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I feel as, as the week goes by, I start like deviating. So I need to pull myself <laughs> back together. But, you know, maybe how can we help the listener right now that might have a few tasks on their plate and they're trying to simplify and they're trying to see, okay, which one is the task or what is the thing that I need to do that maybe has the best upside for my company, right? Um, uh -huh. But you, you mentioned and you mentioned this at the beginning, right? Is a is a risk that we're taking, but we need to pick something and go with it. How can we help them make the right decision? Yeah, great, great question. It depends on where you are in your business stage. So um, if you're early on in your business stage, you know you have to make more short-term bets than long-term bets because we need to generate some cash flow and uh, some opportunities and iterate faster and faster and faster as your company continues to grow and you get into that stage to, you know, 30, 50, a hundred million dollars, then you're making more longer term bets yeah. and you're equaling those, those things out. And so I, I think it just depends on where you are in your business stage to look and say, um, what makes me closest to the dollar? Because we obviously have to stay in business. We have to generate the cash flow. But at the same time, you get to a point that what, what got me here to success is not going to get me there in success. And so one of the things that I always look at when I'm working with companies is we have this great idea. Okay. We try and make an, an evaluation of risk and reward. So business, all of business is this trade of risk and reward. I'm willing to take on more risk because there's more reward. I'm going to take on less risk earlier stage and take less reward, but I'm going to get more of those turned over. Yeah. The key is looking and saying, do I have the resources to execute on the opportunity? Yeah. I, I say this all the time. The key to business is figuring out what resources to put on what opportunities. That's it. If you put the right resources on the right opportunities, you will unlock success. The trick is figuring out what opportunities you should be pursuing and you have to be disciplined on here are the resources that I have. Yeah. So what where people get in trouble is they try and pursue too many opportunities and have too few resources, which is why I'm constantly telling people to focus, 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 because yeah. we think we can do more than we can do. Right. The research here is clear. We think we can do more in 90 days right, than we can over a whole year. Yeah. And the reality of it is we can get way more done in a whole year because our view, our mind doesn't work in, in a longitudinal path like that than we can in 90 days. So we get less done in 90 days than we think we can, and we get more done in a year than we think, think we can. can. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, do, when you're picking your opportunities, and this is one of the exercises that I go through when we, when we look at um, strategic plans, What are the resources that are required 
to go execute against this objective. Because if we don't have the resources or those resources are tied up into other company objectives, it's still a great idea. We just put it in the parking lot for the next quarter to review. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the discipline of looking and saying, what is going to roll up? You know, I think you guys have seen this before the clarity code, right? So we have our vision. That's where we're going. Our values, our operating system. That's the corporate side of this. And then when we start to do our strategic plan, then you have 90 day objectives. Those roll up to achieve our vision. And then we have projects. There's going to be multiple projects to achieve that objective. And then there are um, tasks. So those are the to do items that you're literally assigning someone to have do this thing by this date and make sure it's executed. And they all roll up together. They're all complementary. But if we try and put too many, too many objectives on the board or too many projects under the objectives that we can reasonably achieve, then we can't get the right resources on the right opportunities. And that's where companies fail. That's Mm. where people miss. It's not that it's not a talent issue. It's not a capability issue. Sometimes it is, but at the end of the day, it's usually we're not disciplined enough to look at the objectives and the resources that we need to achieve them to then unlock what is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I've heard that phrase of we overestimate what we can do in the short term and we underestimate what we can do on the long term. Right. And I think, yeah, shifting that mindset, let things start thinking, okay, what can I accomplish here? But at the same time, having the vision, the values, the strategic plan, projects and tasks uh, set up in the correct way. So you stay aligned with there. I think it it makes a lot of sense. And I'm seeing. And, and let, yeah. let me just finish, let me just finish that. Yeah. Sorry to jump back in. I don't believe in a year-long strategic plan. I think the world is moving too fast. Digital has changed the whole dynamic of how we plan. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about if you had done a strategic plan on January 1, 2020, and the world changed on March 19th or March 15th, whenever it was. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work. Scrap it. I find the I find the best companies manage their resources and their opportunities in 90 day sprints. Because now we're close enough to exactly what it is that we should be doing. We have that sprint, the world changes a little bit, we readjust the sales, we look at it in 90 days. We haven't gotten so far away from the objectives that the course correction is massive. And the lack of ability to achieve our goals as a company is no longer within our reach. Yeah. The best companies do 90. They are very disciplined about doing 90 day strategic planning sessions. Yeah. I love it. Uh, sorry, it was real quick. No, no, let me talk. Ah, Fancy, let okay. me talk. Okay. Sorry. Fossey has been like hugging like the, the podcast lately. I don't, I don't like that. Uh, you know, <laughs> Jerry, I, feel, I feel like we're in one of our calls where my brother is not there. No, I'm, get, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just threw you under uh, the bus. In the near future, we'll reveal why. Okay. Um, uh, I, I love this, right? Because we've actually sat last Thursday. We had this conversation, Fonzie and I, right? Thursdays is our meetings for the next week, right? The wonderful advice from, from Jerry. And uh, I'm like, we actually did an exercise a few months ago, right? And we, we talked about the whole, the whole year, right? And it's like, it's this. Like, this is the focus, right? But last Thursday, we sat down and we're like, man lesson learned, right? Maybe, right? 
that was one of the things that maybe slowed us down. We need to pivot, right? We are at the stage where we need to like pivot like slightly, like those 90 days sprints. Mm-hmm. There's opportunity, right? In different, within our niche, within what we do, but there's things that we got to chase. And sometimes we're neglecting those, right? Uh, because of that. One example is at the beginning of the service, right? When we started offering content moments, it was just one thing, one price with the one thing, right? And then we were so close to diversify a, a tiny bit like that, that, uh, that opportunity for other people to add resources to those opportunities that, right, that we had available, that we were closing, like, uh, we were closing on opportunities and we, we struggled for a little bit. And then we decided to open it up and we have a new perspective and then we offer a workshop and different things started to move forward. And we're like, man, that's good. And right now, right, we're in a moment like that again, right? And we're like, ha, huh. and guess what? It was about 90 days. I was like doing my math in my head and I'm like, ha, huh, it's about 90 days. And uh, so big lesson, right? And let this be like a lesson for, for you listening, right? Like if you are running on those like long periods, right? Shrink it down a little bit and then show up to, to Jerry's open hours on, on Thursdays. Yeah. Is it Thursdays? No, I miss the days. Thursdays. No. Thursdays. Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh, Thursdays. Let's go. But, so so let, let's just, just one quick uh, distinction there. It's not that you can't look a year out, right? Yeah. You can use that as your guiding light. Like here's the thing that by the end of the year we, we, we hope we achieve. It's just that the best um, way to plan is in 90 day sprints Yeah. Yes. because the world may change. And if we're still driving to that year long thing, or um, what I find is more appropriate <laughs> is that people build a plan, build a plan yeah. and they literally put it up on their bookshelf and they never look at it again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> if, if you are driving every 90 days to doing that and you know, another thing that I'm super passionate about as part of doing a 90 day plan is you have to have a platform to make it visible. So there's transparency, accountability, and execution. So I don't care if you use Asana. I don't care if you use Trello. I don't care if you use Smartsheets. You have to have something and revisit it, whether it's weekly or every other week, depending on the size of your company, where you come and report. Here's what's going on on the objectives. I'm highly accountable to making these things happen. And so... um, that's kind of the last piece of the strategic plan that I think is critically important. Yeah, awesome. I, lo- I love this. And I know we're getting here close to, to Jerry, the end. You, just so you know, you earned the right to be here on a third time because we're like, we just want to continue talking. But, you know, Luca is waiting for me over there and I got to go, go pick him up. So I, I, that's I th- the full strategy of episode, you know, today's episode. I think this is the... the yes, first. it worked. <laughs> it worked. Luca, to my rescue. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think this is the, the hook for next time you come here, Jerry. And it is... I'm seeing these 90-day sprints for content as well, right? Because I see so many, I've seen in so many places, people that are like, oh, plan your yearly content and have it all ready. And I'm like, dude, by month two, your audience might be asking for totally to- something totally different that, right. you know, that you already plan for, for the whole year. So instead of making the massive effort of, you know, producing content for 12 months, why don't we focus and do it for maybe create a strategy for 90 days, get feedback from people and then iterate, right? So I'm going to leave it like that because 
I know you are now like an influencer in the world. You know, you're doing all these videos. You're going guesting on podcasts, which if you want Jerry as a guest in your podcast, you just heard how amazing he is. So make sure you reach out to him. We're going to ask him how to connect with him in just a second. But Jerry, next time we're going to talk all about content. I'm extremely curious about the transition between, you know, owning those companies pre-social media, I'm guessing, right? Mm -hmm. To now, what does content means and, you know, how does it feel? What, what does that transition look like for somebody like you? So we're going to leave all those topics for next time. But Jerry, before we go, um, we always have two questions. Um, well, okay, so I think one... I totally thought that you were already asking it, which was, you know, what is the advice for that business owner? Oh, right? okay. So we, we talked about the early stage to the late stage and what one makes what's closer to the dollar, right? So, so we'll, we'll, that, we'll ask the other one. Yeah. So what, that's a minute 48, by the way. So if you're listening, if you kind of missed it, you know, like, thank you. Yeah, we, we didn't brand it as the action point, but that is going to be is action the action point, point for today. Now, Jerry, what has been, especially like in the last couple of months, right? You were part of our 45 live challenge, right? What has been that that golden boulder or like what's the result of you publishing right it could be internal it could be external it could be related to the business right we've seen many benefits to publishing but i'm curious to see like what's that for you and uh where will you be right at, at this point in time if you are not publishing yeah i think that's a, a great question i'm going to just diverge just a little bit back to fonzie's um point about planning for a whole year and so because i talked about resources I have gotten myself an executive assistant. Why? Because I need someone to help me with the resources inside of the company. Yeah. Um, she and I have been planning exactly what our uh, social uh, calendar looks like, how often we're posting, who's doing what, and then what are the content pillars behind that? And so, you know, for me, it's all about family. The reason yeah. that I do all of the things that I do, my output is my family. I want to love Rachel. I want to be a, an active part of Briggs and Brooklyn's life. Those are the things that are most important to me. Mm. When I look at um, businesses and helping businesses, which is a passion, you know, how do you help create compelling companies um, that outperform and still make it home for dinner? That's the business piece. And then, you know, um, how do you have personal productivity? What are the tips that I've learned over the course of working with um, high achievers? That's another um, content pillar. And then strategic planning is, is the last piece. And so we're able to create that framework where yeah. she can um, start generating content on my behalf because she knows, and we, we do this, I, I capture quotes of mine. She has a document that she works yeah. off. Yeah. And, you know, by being in sync and resourcing that and having a plan, not a whole year plan, here's the next month, right? And so she's building out Airtable for me with, all my quote cards and, you know, right. I have a, a piece of that of, of doing the videos, but you know, for me, and I've shared this with you guys, my personal goal in the second half of my career is to positively impact 5 million people in the next five years. Right. And so um, God has given me the ability to um, see lots of different businesses, to help businesses, to serve businesses. And my big bet, because I hate that 80% of people show up to work every day mm. and they hate what they do. And that doesn't make any sense to me because I've always loved what I've the work that I'm doing. Yeah. And so I believe that if I can help CEOs and senior leaders create compelling out, uh, companies that outperform, that everyone goes home feeling like my CEO, my manager 
has helped me create clarity. I know my expectations. I know how I'm winning. I know how I'm contributing to the organization. That person goes home, they're happier. They're more excited to see their spouse, their kids, their friends, their family. All of that just explodes into a place of the world being more positive. And that's that's my calling. And so I am trying to positively influence as many CEOs, as many senior leaders to give them the clarity of how they want to show up for their people so that we can go make that impact. And for me, publishing, doing things like this, um, getting on podcasts and sharing what my experience is. I'm not saying it's the best experience. I'm not saying it's all right. It's right for me. It's right for the people that I serve. And so um, that's really where content fits in for me and publishing, because if you want to go impact 5 million people, you don't do it sitting on your couch. Yes. I love it. I love it, Jerry. In, in studio clapping too. In studio uh, Yeah, yeah. Standing okay. ovation from the crowd. People's going wild like, over here. I, I, I was driving the other day. I was like, host clap. This host, is the, the, the host, host clap. clap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, host clap. Golf clap. Yeah. Golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, Jerry. And and uh, we can't wait to see this, right? Like we're we're mm -hmm. right there with you. Like we're in the trenches, and and uh, we 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 want to see you do that right like and we're like oh let's do this and we were like okay we were the first two uh <laughs> so we're just claiming those two spots um where where can people find you jerry where can people connect with you we've also obviously mentioned your office hours where else well yeah so um uh you can come visit at provenchaos.com that's a good uh, website to come visit at um i do most of my work at linkedin And so you can find me by Googling my name, Jerry McNamara. Um, I should show up. One of my life goals is there was a basketball player for Syracuse. His name was Jerry McNamara with a G and an MC. And every, every time I put in my name, which is spelled differently, his name comes up and it pisses me off. <laughs> so my goal is over the next couple of years that I will actually own my name. And, you know, where to come visit me? I would tell you, Office Hours is a great place. Every Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern Time, it's a free event. We're not pitching anything. It's not lead generation. It's an opportunity for senior leaders and CEOs to come together, to solve problems together, to share their experiences. We have an amazing group that shows up um, generally every week. And I'd love to continue to serve yeah. people who have a question or stuck in a business problem or, man, I just don't know how to do that. Yeah. Um, it's not just me there. Um, it's a handful of other entrepreneurs and senior leaders yeah. will say, Hey, based around my experience, here's what I found. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, it's a super caring community, super open community. And I love doing yeah. that. Every I love it. And, and, yeah. I, and I don't know, we, we won't share any names, right. But there's a big range, right. From, you know, starting entrepreneurs all the way to multi-million dollar companies. Right. So the, the, the extent and the scope of like different opinions and experiences is incredible. And there's always a lesson to, that we can take from, from those, from those comments and is everybody collaborating. So yeah. thank you for putting I, something like that. I just want to say that Jerry's office hours has a biz bros seal of approval. <laughs> Let's uh, go. <laughs> Jerry, we need, we need to create like a, like a jingle, like Jerry <laughs> office hours. <laughs> and then like, uh, like a guitar. I'll let you take that one, Fonzie. Hey, it'll be so much fun. And then just make like little clips about it. That'll be amazing. <laughs> like you can, you can make a little clip yeah. Jerry office hours and then it's like come join us bam bam oh that would be so good you know I, i i think the fun part about it is is the community that's developed and so yep. i've been yeah. doing this since november of 2019 
right? Way, way before even COVID, people had this idea of like, we're going to get gather online. So I've been doing it for forever. For, for You're a pioneer, for Jerry. Me, for me, it's all about the community. Like mm-hmm. I'm incidental to showing up. In fact, um, this next week, I'm going to be in Denver running another strategic plan. And one of our community members, uh, I sent a text out and said, who can run next week's, um, you know, office hours? Cause I'm, I'm going to be traveling yeah. and everyone knows Timmy, Timmy Gallagher is going to run the call next week. And I love that because it's not Jerry's office hours. Yeah. It's a community office hours that people can come and gather and, and, um, yeah. and share community. And, and that to me is so much fun. So community awesome. office hours. <laughs> uh, I love it, Jerry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just want to say we went full circle, right? We ended in community and we started all about relationships, baby. Let's go. Now, you know, you know how important it is to be building those relationships. Thank you, Jerry. It was such an, it was such an honor having you here for the second time. Anything you, you want to add to the business? I can't thank you guys enough. Right. So you've been incredibly kind to me and generous, but the reality of it is, you know, figuring out how to publish online and to watch what your organization is doing to help people figure out what I like to call the spaghetti of, uh, of content. You know, you don't know where one platform begins and where it ends and what your message is going to be and who the audience is that you serve. And you guys have been incredibly helpful for me personally. And, you know, I like to say, you know, I'm like the shoemaker. I can look at other people's businesses And I can figure it out, but I'm the guy walking around with bare feet. And so um, I think, uh, you know, if anyone's looking to try and clarify their message, to amplify their message, uh, to do any of the things that you guys are in the space to do, I absolutely would recommend them to speak to you guys because you guys are brilliant and have been absolutely brilliant for me. So I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Those words mean a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm emotional, man. Like uh, it's been a journey, and I really appreciate you also being there for us. And uh, and uh, yeah, I think we're gonna we're both gonna go very very far. And uh, I can't wait for the people you listen and coming hang out. You know, with Jerry, come hang out with the Biz Bros. Jerry Office Hours. (laughs) (laughs) Record that for me, Fonzie. I'm gonna put it up. I will, uh, and I'm gonna go to Fiverr. I'm gonna be like, who can add some guitar on this thing, dude? Jerry, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm actually gonna do that. Awesome. All right, well, uh, Jerry, thank you so much. With that said, thank you for coming to Content's Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show on your favorite platform and at Biz Bros Co. That is right. And if Jerry here help you take one step closer to your goals, please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five star review.